Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of Squad Up, podcast all about games, games of all kinds. I am your host, Eduardo, and uh, let's just talk about the elephant in the room. The last week's episode, the the forbidden, the hidden episode, uh, I should say. Um, so what happened was, Peaches, who's here with me, by the way. Hi, Peaches. How you doing? Hey. So Peaches got lost in a, in a different dimension, right? And so what I had to do was I had to go rescue him, but I don't know how to travel dimensions on my own. So I had to call my distant relative, my Uncle Rick. You see how I'm tying that in there? My Uncle Rick. My last name is Sanchez, Rick Sanchez, Rick and Morgan. The dimension was um, the poop dimension <laughs> because I had a stomach virus. <laughs> That's the dimension I got lost in. That's the one. That's the dimension we're talking about. Yeah, and, and it was weird because I've eaten at the place that gave me that stomach virus several times. This is the first time it ever happened, man. I had to pull over twice on the way home. It was awful. I, you know, welcome to the life of someone who's lactose intolerant. I didn't have any lactose, man. Yeah, but you had, I guess you're right. I make those choices on my own. I'm like, I'm like ramen intolerant, I guess. Oh, no. That'd be really sad if you were ramen intolerant. What an awful thing to be intolerant of. It had to be a freak incident because right. yeah, I'm I've going been again. There, right, I've been there <laughs> several times and never had any, uh, any issues like that. I'll chance it again. Right. So man, Yola. how's it been going? What have you been? Uh, what's been going on with you in the world of video games? What have you been playing? Ugh, dude, I have to bust out the list because not only, as you said, did we miss last week, um, and I had a list from then. I had to add on to that because I went like super exploratory in the last couple of weeks, playing a whole bunch of stuff. Uh, so if you want, I'll do like half of my list and then you can talk and then I'll talk <laughs> you about You just go with half. your full list. Go for it, man. Just go for it. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So obviously we've been playing a lot of Realm Royale still. Um, they keep making changes to the game. We, we keep trying it out. Sometimes they're good changes. Sometimes they're bad. Uh, hopefully they'll land on something that's ultimately good because I still like it more than Fortnite, or at least I still want to like it more than Fortnite since I don't really like Fortnite. Anyway, that's my little mini sort of rant about Realm Royale. It's fun. Uh, I finished Quickie World, which was awesome. Um, Quickie World is a Super Mario World hack for anybody that doesn't know what I just said. Um, it's a fairly easy compared to other Mario hacks hack. Um, and I'm just trying to get into this Kaizo Mario hack situation so it's it's it was a good amount of practice um the stages were obviously really hard for me um but i think it was a good introduction to that style of game and i had a lot of fun uh there was one level that i uploaded to my instagram that you were actually you just happened to be on my channel while i was streaming it that took me three hours by itself to complete and man i was like elated when i finished that level it was awesome uh, i might have screamed a little bit so that was cool. Uh, finished up the arena in Fire Emblem 7. So Fire Emblem 7, blah, blah, blah. And then the exploratory stuff, um, I downloaded a shitload of games from Steam because of the Steam sale. I probably spent like $120 on games, which sounds like a lot, but I am like 15, 16 games quantity-wise more than I used to be. So I'm not upset about it. Uh, some of the ones I tried out, one of them is called CrossCode. Uh, Crosscode, it's like 
it's really hard to describe you like it's kind of like a beat a top down beat em up but you in in addition to be able to being able to punch people up close you also shoot like bullets at them so it's like a weird cross between a beat em up and bullet hell but it's also like an mmo so like there are other people in the world with you yeah it's weird uh this it was cool but it was weird uh finally downloaded and played a little bit of bendy in the ink machine uh had to change my pants after that a little bit it's a little scary a little spooky uh dead cells i play a little bit of dead cells if you like metroidvania and you like roguelike games you need to go download dead cells it is a fantastic game you die all the time uh but you die and you come back with some of the upgrades that you kept and it's a lot of fun uh, and the last thing i save this for last because i was completely obsessed with this one um the octopath traveler demo that's on the switch right now I went cuckoo bananas with that shit, dude. Um, so the Octopath Traveler demo is supposed to allow you three hours of play. And it does. After three hours, it allows you to save your game so that when you buy the actual game when it comes out July 13th, um, you can just pick up that save file where it left off. But if you start a new game, every time you start a new game, it gives you another three hours of play. The basic premise of the game is there are eight individual stories and everybody, all eight of those stories, you, those people meet up with each other along the way. So basically what I would do is I would select someone's story. I would meet person number two and I would run out of time. So I started a new game, started with person number three, met person number four, ran out of time. And I did the, I did that over and over until I got through everybody's story. So I'm super stoked for the game to come out. That's everything I've been playing. Take it away. <laughs> so you, there's eight characters, and you get a three-hour demo with each character. So you're saying you've already played 24 hours of this game? No, I've played uh, roughly 10 because, okay. yeah, you, you max out at three. And the very first character I chose, I spent a lot of time just, like, learning the game and figuring out how it plays. And then once I did all the other characters' story, I kind of breezed through them. Like, they went a lot quicker because I knew what I was doing at that point. Like, the combat system is still the same no matter who you're playing as, but each character has, like, a different class archetype, right? So the first guy that I tried was a thief. So he can steal from people. He doesn't do a ton of damage with his attacks, but, like, he's, you know, he evades a lot and that sort of thing. There's a character that's, like, a mage, so also, like, defensively weak, but magic strong, blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean, like... All kinds of characters like that. So all, while the play style is different for everybody, the basic combat system is the same. Got it. Yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I've been playing Pokemon Go, which we've talked about. I've, I'm playing it like a little less, but you know who's really like on the Pokemon Go train? My wife. Your wife? <laughs> oh my goodness. She like passed me in level. She plays every day. She's like addicted to Pokemon Go. And all of a sudden, she's just started playing Splatoon. And I'm like, who did I marry? Like, who are you? I don't, this is I don't what know. what you wanted. I know, but it's, it's, I don't know what to do. Like, it's incredible. Like, I'm like, who are you? I, you are not the person I married. This is still super awesome because you're playing video games and I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she's playing Splatoon pretty regularly now. Um, she did. Yeah. Yeah, she's not bad. She's not bad. I've, she sent me screenshots where she's tops of the leaderboard in her matches. Oh yeah, she sent you screenshots. I mean, like she takes a picture. <laughs> hey, uh, <laughs> um, I'm trying. I'm really bad at winking. I don't know if you know that. Yeah, and this is also a podcast, so 
I know. Like if you <laughs> listen, if you if you show up to the live stream of our podcast recordings, you would have gotten to see me winking like a moron just now. But since you're not here, you just have to imagine me winking like a exactly, moron. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so incentive. I've also uh my wife bought me the Crash Bandicoot Insane Trilogy for the Nintendo Switch, which is fantastic and is exactly what everybody said it was when it is a lot harder than you remember it being. Man, that game's hard. Yeah, how's that going for you? Uh, it's going well. I mean, I haven't, I haven't touched it too much because all of a sudden there's somebody else in the household that wants to play on the Nintendo half the time, so I don't actually get a chance to play. I was playing it the other day, and I'm sitting there and I'm playing, and uh, my wife walks in and she sits down next to me and she goes, are you going to be done soon? <laughs> who are you what do you mean am i gonna be done soon i've That's never awesome. had to experience that i'm like this, what do you mean this is this is this is like my thing you're like supposed to be off watching desperate housewives or something like what you, uh, studying the law no studying the law um and so yeah i don't it's just strange but uh insane trilogy has been great i've also been playing rum royale like you talked about um but the exact opposite happened with me which I've been playing Fortnite now because I started playing Rome Royale. Um, and we can get into the semantics of that later, but the reason that I am playing Fortnite because I was playing Rome Royale is because... Um, and this is not... It's it's honestly not a fair comparison because Rome Royale is in an alpha. It is in a very, very test state. They literally release patches basically every day almost. Like, I'm pretty sure there's a patch they just released today that'll be coming out tomorrow, and they're doing it uh, more frequently than weekly. Um... And it and keeps so, resetting my my settings, so they need to work on that because I right. don't want to change my mouse sensitivity every time they have a patch. Uh, and so, with all of these different things, I've been playing Fortnite because it's a little bit more polished. Obviously, um, the engine. There's a reason why Fortnite works so well is because that engine works really well. And honestly, I don't hate building like I thought I normally did when I first played Fortnite. I was like, this building thing is stupid because I didn't understand it. Um, but now that I understand it, it's a lot more fun and it helps me be more aggressive, which is one of the reasons I really like Fortnite over Rum Royale right now is because I get to be more aggressive in Fortnite. Whereas in Rum Royale, because there's a lack of a cover system, like take, for example, say you're out in the open and someone shoots you in Rum Royale. You're dead because you're out in the open, obviously, and, and, you know, somebody's gotten that advantage on you. In Fortnite, you're able to just build a wall in front of you, catch your bearings, and turn that fight around on them and be a little bit more aggressive that way, which, which is something that I enjoy because if anybody has ever played any video games with me, you know two things to be true. One, if we're playing a competitive video game, I'm going to ask where my teammates are and I'm going to get really angry at times. And two... I like Where to play, is my team? I like to play really aggressive when I play video games. I say I see somebody, I'm like, let's just go kill him. Let's do it. I hate. I'm just really impatient. I don't like stealth games because I, I like sitting and hiding and and stealthily doing things makes me like anxious. I just want to get in there and like start shooting people up, which honestly sounds really bad in today's climate for me to be uttering those words. But I just want to get in there, you know, and video just game like podcast. video game podcast. Everyone, we're talking about video games. Um, <laughs> But I just want to get in there and I want to I want to get in the action, which Fortnite is helping me do a little bit more than Realm Royale. That's not to say I dislike Realm Royale. I'm still going to play the crap out of it, especially if my buddies are all playing it, too. 
But I am playing Fortnite too, and I am enjoying it. I also enjoy Fortnite's Battle Pass, and I know I've talked like touched on this before, but Fortnite's Battle Pass is the best monetization strategy and the most consumer-friendly monetization strategy of any game out there right now. You pay ten dollars for the Battle Pass. There are eighty levels to go through in that Battle Pass. All of the content is included. All you have to do is play the game. And it is so much better than buying a loot box and not knowing what you're gonna get and all this other all this other stuff. And it gives you an incentive to play. Like you're like, man, I just want to keep playing because I want to complete these challenges and and get all this gear that I've paid for. And while you're playing the battle pass, you can earn enough in-game currency to buy the next season's battle pass. So once you've bought the first one, as long as you play the game, you can basically just go infinite and always have the battle pass and always have something to play for. So I mean, I bet they're gonna do that in Realm though, because they've got the battle pass option on their menu. It's just grayed out, and I don't know if it'll be exactly the same. But I think they're absolutely gonna do that in Realm Royale one because yeah. the company that does it, the same company that made Paladins, and I think they're very, very open with the fact that they like to get on the the hype trains, right? Like when they put out Paladins, they were like. You know Overwatch? Check this game out. When they put out, you know, <laughs> Realm Royale, they're like, you know Fortnite? Check this game out. Like, they're, they're not shy they about that, that. They did that previously with Smite, too. They're Correct. Like, hey, you know League of Legends? Check this 3D one out. Check this 3D one out. So they're not, <laughs> they're not shy, and they're not... Uh, this, isn't, this isn't anything new for them. Um, and so I think they're absolutely going to get on that train, and I think other people are going to start getting on the Battle Pass train as the continued hate for loot boxes continues. Sure. But that was a sure. real roundabout way of me saying I've been playing Fortnite, I've been actually having fun, and I've won twice now in the past two days. I've won once a day, which is more than I can say for Rum Royale, which doesn't mean anything because I had somebody who's played like literally hundreds of hours of Fortnite with me, and like even though I got some of the last kills on those, he still probably carried me like a you know, at least a little bit. At but least a little. Yeah. <laughs> at least a little. Um but it's still been a lot of fun. So I hope one day once we we've we've uh Fortnite is, has has gone through. You give it another chance, maybe, possibly. Uh, and I think now that you've been playing Realm Royale, you might like a little more. Um, and once you you kind of get the hang of the building, the building is the hardest like barrier to entry. I think with Fortnite because it really separates the good players from the players who are going to get like pooped on real fast. <laughs> so let me counter argue this at you. Go for it. So you like the idea of having a barrier that you can put up if you're getting attacked. Why don't you play engineer? Or let me continue. You already play mage. Why don't you use the wall ability? See, the wall works, but it's not it's not enough, right? So say someone's shooting me. It's I guess I like the options that I have in Fortnite because not only can I put up a wall, I can then build an aggressive structure towards them to then get high ground on them to then turn the fight around. So say somebody's up on a hill against me, I'm not immediately at the disadvantage and immediately I'm going to die because they have the high ground, Anakin. I'm able to sort of... <laughs> I'm able to build up towards them and find other creative solutions. Now... Once again, a lot of this is because Fortnite is a developed game. They have significantly more weapons. They have significantly more sort of tools. They have launch pads and different things. And I'm sure Realm Royale will eventually get there. And I'm not saying I'm not playing Realm Royale, but I am saying that Fortnite is a polished product. Um, and I think it's the most popular game in the world for a reason. Sure. That's fair. 
But enough... I don't know if I have anything to follow up. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's okay. Enough about Fortnite. Let's talk about what's been going on in the world of gaming these past two weeks. Waluigi time. So that Fortnite whole tangent was a nice segue into the fact that PUBG dropped its lawsuit against Fortnite. This is kind of an old story, but I really wanted to talk about it because I wanted to talk about the state of PUBG. Um, so we talked about the lawsuit already. We talked about how it was stupid. My wife was even on here and she's like, I don't know anything about these two games, but this lawsuit sounds stupid. And that's because it was. And it had very shallow ground to stand on. Um... That being said, I think PUBG is, is feeling it now. It got a lot of player backlash because of that. Um, and PUBG is not a, 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 a dying game by any means. But um, recently, Steam came out and, you know, they had their, their statistics of, of, like, concurrent players. And um, if you look at the Steam charts, I included it in the notes. But over its all-time high, PUBG is down on PC gamers... 50% of its players from its time from its high 50% Ooh. um if i look at the how long now, ago was the high uh less than a year ago oh, so we're talking a lot of people they lost we're talking let's see here october 27 excuse me december 2017 or was oh, it january God. no it's january it was january of this year six months ago it averaged 1.5 million players yeah i'm looking at this now too this is insane it is now down to just under seven hundred and seventy thousand players yeah that's a giant loss it is a giant loss and that's not to say that they don't still have a, a, a behemoth on their hands but they have definitely taken this and, and and not sort of capitalized on the things that made them special so like while they did popularize the genre, a lot of the things that they had that were sort of not great about PUBG, because I remember playing PUBG when it first came out and being like, these are all the things that I hate about it. It's glitchy. It doesn't have a good barrier for entry. It's not super fun. And then Fortnite came in and basically were like, we're going to do all of those things. We're going to have a really good engine. It's going to have, it's going to be easy to learn for the most part, but very difficult to master. Sort of that, that Blizzard men, uh, mentality. And it's going to be fun. It's going to be a game focused on fun. And if you look, uh, PUBG is trying to steer the course now, but I don't know, man. I think most of PUBG's players now are mobile because that mobile PUBG app is still doing is still doing well. But I don't know, man. I don't think PUBG has the has the legs anymore, especially with the Call of Duty um, Battle Royale mode coming out later this year. A lot of those PUBG fans are just going to play it on Call of Duty anyway. If you're looking for that militaristic Battle Royale, sure. I don't know the way that now that I'm seeing these actual numbers, like. First of all, I'm sad for them. While they while they clearly are are you know they're clearly in charge of a game that that is popular enough to have half a million or uh, a quarter of a, a third. Wow, I can't even math right now. Seventy five percent of a million people, right? A lot of people are playing it. That's still a lot, but at the same time, looking at this decline, it's just it almost I'm trying to articulate this well, and I'm not doing a good job. Obviously, our first inclination was that the lawsuit failing because of them dropping it was what took these numbers down, right? We speculated when we talked about this a couple of weeks ago that 
they were going to fail. And because they were going to fail, or even that they even brought it up in the first place, they were going to lose a lot of their, their player base. Looking at this now, I'm not sure that that's the truth because their player base started dropping off, like you just said, in February. So, you know, maybe it was already going downhill for them and they were like, you know what, last ditch effort, let's try to, let's try to eliminate a competitor if we can. And when they realized, you know, I don't know what they realized, but here's a, let here's me go the thing on. Is that Brendan Green? So when Fortnite came out, it wasn't that big of a deal, and they didn't pay any mind. And then right around that February line, they became about equal, in my opinion. You got Fortnite and PUBG, and they were like uh, rivals, I would say, at the time. So then you got PUBG, who's getting scared. So Brendan Green, player unknown himself, comes out and goes, "We think." Fortnite is just a clone of PUBG and we want them to stop because they're just cloning our game. And he, he puts out that statement on behalf of the PUBG corporation and that's when people start to get the backlash against them for trying to sort of monopolize the genre and I think that's where the nosedive starts. But I think you're correct that that's not the only thing um, yeah. that, that, that that's sort of taking play here. I think the most interesting thing about this and and... And I want to, I'm going to go on a slight tangent for a second. Uh, but I, I, every so often I watch this uh, YouTuber by the name of Matt Pat. We've talked about Matt Pat before on the show. He does the, um, the game theory channels. And he did a game theory recently about this lawsuit and about how everybody's looking at it and thinking that it's very frivolous, that it's not going to go through because, you know, clearly there's a lot of differences between, Fortnite and PUBG and all the other battle royales and et cetera, et cetera. And I'm not going to get into every gritty detail that he posts on his show because it's his show and anybody that's interested should go watch game theory because game theory is very good. But at the, at the end of the episode, he's talking about how, because PUBG is Korean company, the company that owns PUBG is Korean rather. And the copyright laws are way looser in a different way in Korea than they are here. And that's where the lawsuit was being held that there is actually a good chance that it was going to go through. And so when I saw this article where they dropped it, I was just a little confused, you know? And I don't know. It, it, based on what he said, it seemed pretty likely that they would go through with it. But I don't know. It's just weird. It's just weird. Fortnite's like the king, and maybe they just didn't want to touch the king. Here's the thing is uh, I've been listening to other shows and, 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 and they've been talking about this, that, that Fortnite as a game is, is the most popular game, not just in this generation, but in several generations. It is a game that has sort of taken the world by storm. And the, the reason I say that is because Fortnite as a game has has permeated popular culture. You have music artists playing it. You have sports athletes playing it. You have not just the video game community going crazy for it, but everyone going crazy for it. The last time there was a game this big, I want to say it was Pac-Man, a game where people were all crazy for it. I mean, I, w I don't want to say it was the last time it was Pac-Man, but Pac-Man was, you know, is a good comparison to make of a game that sort of took the world by storm, whether you were an adult, a child, anyone. And I think that's what Fortnite's biggest strength is, that it appeals to literally everyone and that anyone can pick it up and play it. And I think the m smartest thing that Fortnite has going for it is that it's available almost 
anywhere. You can play it on your Switch, you can play it on your PC, you can play it on your Xbox, your PlayStation, your cell phone, your iPad, you could play it anywhere. And anyone, you can get the same experience anywhere, you can play with whoever you want. Except for, you know, that whole Sony and Microsoft and Nintendo thing, which, you know, whatever. Um, womp womp. Right. But it, theoretically, you could play with anyone at any time, and everybody's playing Fortnite on whatever they want to do. And so we'll talk a little bit more about one of those later. I'll let you guys think about which one we're talking about. Uh, but uh, <laughs> we'll talk about one of those one more of those a little later. Um, but it does, you know, Fortnite's the king, and... And it's a beloved king too, right? We're not talking about a King Joffrey here. We're talking about you know like a yeah. like a like a JFK type where people love him, right? It's a, it's a loved king, which not to say JFK was a king, but you get the analogy that I'm trying to make here. It's a beloved leadership figure, and John Snow. John Snow, sure. It's a John yeah. Snow, the King of the North. Yeah, right. Um, king of the North. And so, it's a it's a loved figure. I don't know why I didn't just go Game of Thrones again. Why didn't I? Why did I go to JFK? I don't know. I don't know. That was really <laughs> easy. I know. <laughs> it, it would have been really. You could have even said Daenerys. You I know. Said, I could have said almost anyone. <laughs> like um, you could have even said Jamie. People right, love Jamie. Right. Right. I mean, well, depends on how far into the show you are. Um, That's true. No spoilers. And, and no spoilers. And so, yeah, I just don't think. I think you take swipes at a game like Fortnite. I think you're going down, and I think that's where PUBG's headed. Yeah, I don't know. I'm really quickly reading this article, and I won't go on too long about it. I don't know because I don't know the timeline of it. But I was trying to look up and see if PUBG also offered some sort of battle pass, and it looks like they do offer one, but it's like the rewards in it are way less in quantity, and also that costs ten dollars as well, which is kind of funny when you think about how Fortnite is free and offers a ten dollar battle pass. Whereas you have to pay for PUBG and then they also charge you for the battle pass. Like I you've already bought the game. I think paid games, games <laughs> that you have to pay for that implement free to play monetization strategies are the bane of the gaming community's existence right now. And the, uh, I think the video game community will stop at nothing to take games like that down. I mean, let's not even right. bring up Battlefront 2, a game where you paid $60 for and then all of a sudden you can buy loot boxes and like people don't want right. to pay more for something they've already paid for. Right. And I think I think it works out as something like Fortnite is doing where the game is mostly free to pay. And if you play and if you want cosmetically to enhance yourself, then you can pay for it. Um, right. You know, just like we've talked about in the past with League of Legends and HOTS and stuff like that, like you can play it for free, whatever, do whatever you want, be skinless for all I care. But like, hey, if you'd like to, you can throw some money at us and we'll give you some nice, cool looking things. And I think that that's proven to be very successful no matter what genre your your game is right i 100 percent agree um moving on this is a big uh, bulletin out there for anyone who has twitch prime anyone at all if you have twitch prime which means you have an amazon prime subscription and you have a twitch account and you have linked your amazon prime subscription account to your twitch account you have twitch prime twitch is giving away 21 free games throughout the month of July. 21. Which is insane. Insane. Just to, just to name a few. Pillars of Eternity, the definitive edition. The entire game is free from the 2nd to the 4th, which we've already passed. Sorry for anybody who missed <laughs> it. I picked it up. Um, You'll have to edit, the, edit that out. 
Right. Uh, you know, you've got Battleship Brigade in there. You've got Metal Slug 3, which will be available all month. You've got a few games that are going to be available all month. So continue to check your Twitch Prime account. I think we're seeing more and more free games out there because, we, you know, they've been out for a while. But I think, you know, people kind of come to expect that, right? So Twitch is trying to be this sort of like, this sort of um, uh, Microsoft Gold, like Xbox Gold and PlayStation um, Plus sort of, uh, subscription model system um, and it also just solidifies the fact that pretty soon Amazon will own the world sure yeah yo Metal Slug 3 is in here too yeah I said that did you yep I said it was going to be free all month oh man Brutal Legend is in there as well oh, I love Brutal Legend yo there's some good stuff in here there is some really and a lot of stuff. stuff that I've never heard of which is great because you get to play it for free Absolutely. And all you got to do is uh, download the Twitch uh, Prime client. And I'm going to tell you, we're not sponsored by Twitch. We just want to tell you how to get free stuff. But um, Guess what I wish I was sponsored by? <laughs> hey, hey, hey. hey. I, I'll let you on a secret. It's Twitch. It's Twitch. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, it's it'd be silly not to pick it up. To pick up any of these free games, like I said, free. You're not, you're not, you're not paying a thing. You are getting these. You know what else would be free. silly, not yeah. to do, because it's free, hmm. is to follow ABCD Eduardo and Peaches on Twitch because that is also free Absolutely. and easy to do. Absolutely. Just that's free. It's fun. We're th- <laughs> we're there sometimes. We play games. And we even do live podcasts like this one. I wink weirdly into the camera, and if you're only listening, you don't get to see this action right here. Boom. Um, There's a lot of winking. Up next, Pokemon Go is <laughs> two years old, which, if you would have asked me a year ago if Pokemon Go would still be alive and thriving, or even, like, right after it, like, came out, I'd be like, absolutely not. This game is dead in the water. Uh, after all the, like... The, the, the troubles... I mean, because, like, let's, like, think about when Pokemon Go first came out. So Pokemon Go first comes out... Everyone is ecstatic. Everyone is playing this game. They're everywhere. I remember everyone playing Pokemon Go. You could just see it. You could look out outside your window. Then people were walking around. No one was inside the house. Everyone was outside talking with each other, playing Pokemon. Every person that I knew was on that Pokemon Go train. And then that train came to a huge screeching halt. No, it like literally got derailed. Right. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, By Niantic. Um, and so it's interesting to think how they've sort of turned this game around. It is still the top of the mobile gaming charts. It's at the top of the mobile gaming charts. People are still playing this game religiously. It has a very, very large community still following it. Um, and it's just so interesting that a game like this, and we're seeing this with, with gaming companies. Um, Ubisoft is another one that has also done this, where they're taking these games that by all accounts, are failures, right? So take Rainbow Six Siege. That game was a failure at launch. And they have turned it around to a multi-million player base game that rakes in tons of money every month. For Honor is another one that Ubisoft has done. And, you know, Pokemon Go is another one of these that at one point failed, and it failed hard, and the developers stayed with it. They stayed consistent. They um, did what the community was asking for. And now they have this behemoth, yeah, I can't I can't speak to it as thoroughly as you'd be able to because, you know, you're playing it again and I'm not. What I've heard of what has come to it has kind of 
I feel like I'm making an intelligent decision here. I think that I would enjoy playing Pokemon Go again, which is exactly why I'm staying away from it because the main draw to me that I've heard that they've added are these daily quests that you can complete. And if there are daily quests in the game, Peaches the Completionist is going to try to beat every single one of them every day, and I just don't know if I can commit the time to that. But for me, that's something in a game that I want, typically. And I just don't want to get carried away with Pokemon Go. But like, why, why do you think its, it's popularity made a comeback? I'm, I'm assuming it has a big portion to do with not being as buggy anymore, not being as like sporadically disconnecting from the internet all the time sort of stuff. Correct. So it's a much more polished experience. They definitely have a more, there's more of an incentive to keep going. So when Pokemon Go first came out, it was just the fun of catching Pokemon, which is awesome in its own right. But at some point, you're going to need a reason to continue to try to level up. They've revamped the uh, the leveling system. They've revamped the battle system. They've introduced raids. They've introduced all these different things that you can do within the game. And they've also made it an easy to sort of... Um, be included package like we talked about my wife a second ago who does not play video games until recently and she's hooked on this game and it's you know it just goes to show how easy that game is to translate to almost anyone which is what the game has as a very large strength and i think what has its most its biggest strength is is its availability it's available to anyone almost anywhere it's very easy to play all you got to do is walk around and throw some pokeballs around and it's you know being on the mobile market helps because the mobile market is a giant right now. The mobile market is huge. I would go as far to say, and I don't know if anybody would even um, fight me on this, is that mobile market or mobile gaming is the biggest, most lucrative form of gaming right now. I think people will fight you on that, but I only think people will fight you on that because there's like this small group of people out there um, who don't consider mobile games to be real games. They're like the same people that don't think insects are animals. Like, insects are animals. They don't think insects, insects are animals? You don't know people like that? You never grew up with people like that? Where you're like... I try not to be around stupid people. Well, <laughs> I've, I've met a lot of people growing up. That was the best comparison I could make, that just don't think that insects are animals. I don't know why they're they're not they're not animals they're bugs. What is a bug? What is a bug? Well, yeah, that doesn't it's make any an sense. An animal. That makes no sense. What else would it? It's not a plant. Right. It's not. It's not like an object. It's a living creature. It's an animal. Anyways. Well, since I set up that perfect segue, segue and then we talked about insects <laughs> for two minutes. We're talking about mobile games this episode. We're talking about the history of mobile games, where mobile games came from, where mobile games are going, and and why exactly mobile games have, have sort of taken off. So let's start at the beginning. We're going back. We're taking it back. We're taking it back, y'all. One hop this Two time. Hops. Hey, you got what I was putting down. Uh, Slide to the left. <laughs> Slide to the right. 1994, Tetris. Released on the, I don't know how to say that, Hagenek MT2000 device. Some sort of cell phone. Um, it's a very old cell phone, um, and it's the first video game that comes out on a cell phone. It's just kind of a little thing to sort of, sort of take time. 1997, I can say this one, the Nokia 6610 Snake is released. And I don't know if you remember Snake, but I played the patootie out of Snake. What is that face you're making? I looked up what the uh, Hagunuk MT2000 looks like, and it looks like, 
it's really ugly. <laughs> I don't know what to say. It looks really ugly. It looks like one of those devices that checks for an electrical current. Sure. So Snake oh. appears in 1997, and I don't know if you remember playing Snake on those like old Nokia phones. Uh, my mom had an old Nokia phone like that, and I used to play it on her phone, like the big, like the brick. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. I play the the I play Snake on that brick, um, and then obviously games are going to release for those next few years. So from between 1997 and 2008, phones become updated. You start seeing flip phones and and things like that. But it isn't until 2008 where we see the release of the iPhone, and we see the release of the Apple App Store that games really start to take shape, right? So it isn't until we get that touchscreen medium where games start to take shape. Um, And then in 2009, a game called Angry Birds is released that takes the world by storm. Everybody is playing Angry Birds. Everybody's playing that. And then you start to see mobile games sort sort of skyrocket now, right? So people are... The more people have cell phones, the more likely they are to play these games. Um... A report from 2011 says that Angry Birds had over 500 million downloads in 2011. And that was when Angry Birds still cost 99 cents per download. So that's a lot of money. Right. That's $500 million that we're talking about from an app. Even Um, a cut of that is pretty nice. So as of 2018, the mobile market has reached a 115 billion dollar market you see game studios like blizzard and like tencent being fueled by their mobile market i will tell you right now the figures that i've seen from blizzard and these are just like um, websites that show sort of figures i don't know any of the internal figures from blizzard do show that hearthstone is what's bringing in the money there it is those microtransactions it is that mobile market you could say the same thing about um, Arena Valor, which is the big Tencent game that's the company that owns um, Riot, that owns League of Legends, but the game that's really making them the money is that mobile game, that Arena Valor game. Um, and so we're, we're reaching this point now where mobile things, my little, my cell phone right here can play Fortnite almost as well as my console can. <laughs> it's very close, right? The controls aren't the same, but visually, it's the same game. Um, sure. And so I think that, so and we have, the, I, I, I talk about this every episode, right? I talk about how when the game comes out, I want it on the Switch, right? And the reason I want it on the Switch is because if you've held a Switch in your hands, you understand that the differences between that and, and a, a more powerful console at this point are minuscule. They are, they are nitpicking, right? And I think you could almost say the same thing for a lot of these mobile games out there. In a couple years, mobile games will be at the point where console games are now. A mobile game now looks like a PS3, Xbox 360-era video game a lot of the times. And that's insane you know, you, to think about. You can play Final Fantasy 15 on mobile. Just Correct. think about that for a second. Isn't that insane? That's a huge game, and it's very graphically intense, and you can play it on your cell phone. Absolutely. And so mobile games, I think, are, are, are this behemoth that people don't want to talk about. Now, you are correct. I think people are hesitant to call them real gaming. But I think eventually that'll be the form of gaming. I think people are, are heading to, and I think it has to do with a lot of things. But I want to let you, let you touch on it uh, first. Why do you think mobile games are, are so successful? Why is it this giant that nobody predicted? Uh, I, th- I, I don't know. I think that it just has more to do with ease of access than, than anything else. 
Um, strangely, I keep wanting to talk about this, so maybe I'll tie it in somehow in the end. But my first mobile game wasn't even on a cell phone, if that makes any sense. I actually didn't have a cell phone that could do anything other than make a call until I was in like high school because my mom didn't want to pay for the, the texting and and any smartphone stuff and that sort of thing. So I didn't have anything mobile to play games on, but I did have a TI-83 plus calculator because I was in math and I played the shit out of block, dude. If you had an, a TI-83, you probably downloaded that little game package. There was a game called Fall Up. There was a game called Fall Down where you were this little marble and you were trying to like avoid getting squished by the edge of the screen. Block Dude was basically like a little puzzle platformer. So like it was it was easy to access. I had it with me every day because I went to school every day and I had math every day and it was always around. And I knew that if I was sitting there just bored out of my mind, it was something that could keep my mind occupied. You know, like it was something that could do that for me. So I think transitioning into now where I, you know, I pay for my own cell phone, so I'm going to buy whatever the hell I want on it. Um, you know, it's even easier because of how many more games are out there. And a lot of them, for the most part are pretty mindless. You know what I mean? Like, and you don't have to buy just the mindless ones, but you know, um, take like Candy Crush, for example, Candy Crush is still huge. It was way bigger, like a couple of years ago, but it's, it's huge. And you can play Candy Crush and not think about it whatsoever. You know what I mean? Like eventually when you get to the harder levels, if you're trying to like three star each level, you, you might have to think about what you're doing, but for the most part, you can blindly just start matching candies and eventually you'll beat the levels, you know? So I think it's a good way to fill a gap in time, whatever you have. It's easy to access. Most of them are free. And even when they're not free, you're talking like 99 cents for Angry Birds when it first came out. How easy is it for you to just go into your phone and be like, hey, phone that's connected to my bank account, take 99 cents for this game. It's like of little consequence, you know? Well, that's how microtransactions get you, right? They're called right. microtransactions for a reason because they build up over time. You, you go, oh, I just need this one thing and this other thing and this other thing. And then all of a sudden you've spent $50 on a mobile game. And you go, how did I get here? Yeah, right. You know? It's happened um, to the best of us. Right. We've all been there, right? <laughs> um, and so I, I think you're right. I think ease of access is absolutely a good point. I think you have to put it in perspective too. Like say you are either a parent or someone who doesn't normally play video games, right? Say, let's just say a parent right now for, for the first um, analogy. Say you're a parent and you want to, to buy something for your child so that they they can play video games with their friends, right? I remember when I was a little kid, I was like, oh, mom, can I please have a PlayStation? You know, can I please? And I wanted one so bad and she finally got me that PlayStation. Um, you had an so, annoying voice as a child. I was just an annoying child. Uh, <laughs> and so... Oh, please. As, you know, think children now, you know, we live in an era where everyone has a cell phone. That is just the, the place that we're in. Um, my little cousins have cell phones. I'm sure my nephews in a few years will have cell phones. I mean, that's just the thing that you get, you know, your, your child. And is it easier to just be like, let me get you the cell phone now where you can play your video games on it rather than have to buy a $400 or $200 console and then buy a video game and then do all that when I could just get you a cell phone, which I'm going to have to do eventually anyway. And then you also have that loaded with games. Right. And then say yeah, it's like, uh, it's weird how necessary, so almost necessary cell phones are in 2018. Right. We're almost like, in a, we're, we're real close to a black mirror episode on this one. 
I know. And it's like, it's scary because like at the end of the day, is it actually necessary? No, but can you do so many things with a cell phone that like make you safer as a human being? Yes. Like, absolutely. Like I can call 911 if I need to, I can call anybody whose phone number I have in an emergency. It just so happens to have all these games on them. So it's like, it's something that everyone's very likely going to have younger and younger and younger because the further that we get into being the world, the more dangerous the world gets and the more we want to protect the people that we care about. It's weird that cell phones are kind of like a safety net right? for some things, right? Right, absolutely. And say you are one of the other, the other example I was going to say, say you're a person who doesn't play video games, right? You are somebody who doesn't game. Let's take my mother, for instance. My mother doesn't play any video games. She doesn't, she doesn't have a Game Boy or a PlayStation or anything like that. She has played Wii on occasion because honestly, who hasn't? Um, we bowling, she, right? She's got we bowling. She, she loves she loves we fit. She loves doing the whole balance board thing, which is good for her. Um, <laughs> but I guarantee you, and I know this for a fact that she's got some mobile games on her phone that she plays because of ease of access, right? I if, to be introduced into video games, I don't have to go out and buy a console anymore and and spend all that money on these different things. I can just pick up my cell phone, take a little take a little little swipe over to the app store and find a game that that suits me. And the app store is so giant at this point that there is a game there for literally anyone. There yeah, are so many games on there that you could find something that, that that's just perfect for you, even if you don't play video games, even if you don't consider it a video game. Uh, I, you know, you could argue with me all you want. I'm not saying you are, but somebody out there can argue with me all they want. The Bejeweled is not a video game, but at the end of the day, it is a video game. It is a game played, you know, on a screen. You know, it, it fits all the parameters. It checks all the boxes. It's not, you know, critically acclaimed God of War. But right. it, is, it is a video game. It is, is introducing people to these things. And as, as that sort of what we touch on basically every episode, that geek culture has permeated the mainstream market and it's becoming more mainstream, video games are being drawn into that. And a lot of that has to do because of the mobile market. Like insects or animals, people. Okay. Insects or animals. What is Bejeweled, wrong with you? Bejeweled is a game. Insects or animals. Water is not wet. We need to understand all of those three. <laughs> okay. Those three things are very important. Just memorize them. Got it memorized. <laughs> Got it memorized. <laughs> you know what else? I'll, you know what else I'll add to uh, about the success of mobile games is that, like, for me personally, and I'm sure everybody has this in their own way. Like, there are certain mobile games that I have that I keep on my phone that, like, they're not really great, but in certain situations, they are very useful for me. Like, I have a game specifically that like relaxes me if I need to like calm down from something like say I'm at work and I'm like really stumped by the work that I'm trying to do I'll take a break by opening up that game for five minutes and just staring into it five minutes and then I can like recollect myself I've got a game on there that requires absolutely no internet connection whatsoever. So if I'm like on an airplane and I have to be in airplane mode, I can still do something if I get bored out of my mind. You know what I mean? So like, I think it's a good, I don't want to say distraction, but it is a distraction, but it can help you at the same time. I don't know. It's, they can be, they can be helpful. Absolutely. It can absolutely be helpful, and I think it just goes back to that ease of access thing because you can play those games wherever you are. It helps you, you know, cathartically, right? Um, right. If I didn't have those games, you know, I think we'd see a lot more kids with like ADHD running around. You know, I mean, not to say that we don't, but like, I would be like freaking out. Like, I'm, when I was a little kid, if I didn't have something to do 
Because I was like a real high-strung kid. If I didn't have a game that I was playing, I was all over the place, man. I was jumping up and down the walls, wrecking <laughs> crap, you know, knocking stuff over in stores, touching everything. But the minute I got a game in my hands, I could focus, right? And that's just me. But I'm sure there are a lot of kids like me out there that were, you know, were these little these little monsters until they got a, until they got a Game Boy in their hands, and all of a sudden they were fine. The minute my hands touched a Game Boy and I started playing Pokemon, I was a different person. And I think that's sort of translating to the mobile market now. It's like how you start an addiction. Everything you just said is like the the sugar spice and everything nice of how addictions are formed. That's, dude, <laughs> I get my dopamine from video games. That is where it comes from for me. And I'm not. Uh, I am, one more hit. I'm not ashamed to say that. When I see that victory, uh, victory royale on the screen, the dopamine hits my bloodstream, and I'm like, Rah! yes. And then my wife runs over. She goes, "What's wrong?" And I said, "Nothing's wrong. I just won a game." That's how your boy gets free wings. Hey! <laughs> shout out to, to Skater Gumby. Hey, shout free. out to you, dude, for winning that squad game. Yeah, you know. Okay, so. Classic. I posed this question in the show notes, and I mean, I say a lot of these questions kind of, you know, semantically because I just want to argue for the sake of arguing because it makes for a good podcast. But do you think mobile games will ever take over console games? Will mobile games be the form? I think they're already more lucrative, but do you think it will ever be that we play games mobily more than anything? Uh, is there, I don't have a solid answer for that. Obviously, I think that they will continue to be way easier to access, right? Because I'm already almost guaranteed to be paying for the device in which that game is on, whereas I don't have to go out, or I I mean, I do have to go out of my way to spend 300, 400, whatever the dollar amount is for a console, right? So automatically, I'm not spending any extra money to get the device in which that game is played on. I don't know if it would necessarily ever be a platform that serious gamers are going to like maybe compete on or spend all their time playing games on. And I don't mean to say if there's anybody out there that's like not seriously into a mobile game that you shouldn't be doing that. But I think as a whole, you're going to find that people stick with consoles and PC for more in-depth, serious experiences and now I'm saying this with the knowledge that I've been, I've, I've played several mobile games in which I'm in like a guild or a clan of some sort where like what I do contributes to the progress of my entire group of people that I'm bundled with. Right. And so some games can really have the feel of like being in a guild in world of Warcraft where like, if I don't show up, I'm screwing everybody else over. You know, there are a lot of games like that in the mobile market. But I don't necessarily think they're, that most of them, it's hard for me to say that they're not as intense because honestly, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like I'm not in those guilds or clans or whatever. Like I don't know how intense they get. I just, I don't, I don't think it'll take over, but I do think it will always be more accessible just due to its nature. Absolutely. Um, I 100% agree, but I do think that you know, I'm, let me just play devil's advocate for a sec, but I do think maybe one day these two things, rather than be separate, you know, we're not going to think of console games anymore. We're going to think of mobile games, and we're gonna, it's going to homogenize. 
You know, you already have it sort of, I remember when the PSP was out and you could transfer your game that you were playing from your PSP on your phone. We talked about the Steam Link uh, not too long ago where you're going to be able to start playing video games on your mobile phone that you're streaming from your PC. I think eventually those two markets are going to homogenize and rather than be a console market, I don't know why I said console weird, console market and a mobile market, it's just going to be a gaming market and it'll all homogenize into one. I don't know, man. I like, even if that's true, would you even want that? Like, think about you're in the middle of playing like a really intense game of hots on your phone, right? You've got hots on your phone and you're like about to capture like a really important objective. And we just had a really, you know, a really crazy fight play out. And then like your mom calls you and, oh, I have to take this call. Like, I can't my game was just interrupted by my mom. Like, I'm sure that there will be ways to like turn off calling while you're playing a game like that. But just think about like, I don't want a device that does everything. I like being able to separate my devices into this thing makes phone calls and texts and I can play some mobile games on it. This thing makes pancakes. This thing, (laughs) I was talking about Xbox one, by the way, Uh, this thing plays good console games i was talking about anything but the xbox one by the way um (laughs) you know what i mean like i don't need a one device does all machine i just need to have a machine that does the things that it's good at doing sure um i think that's that makes a lot of sense for you but i think for a lot of people out there they're looking for that one thing does all you know one machine does all thing i think especially if you're talking about somebody who doesn't play video like I can think of myself before I built this this bad boy right here sitting next to me. This my my shiny PC that I built myself before I was I, I built this all in one. All I knew was my PlayStation. That's all I wanted. I wanted one thing to be able to watch my movies, watch my Netflix, play my video games, and that was all good with me. Um, and if that was my phone, if all of my buddies are on my phone, that's where I'd be because that's just you know the type of person that I am. I'm 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 in it for the social aspect a lot of the times, and not necessarily about the game. You know. Um, which you know that's not a hundred percent true because I like games and whatever. Um, but you know, for a lot of way, in a lot of ways, I want to play socially, right? Some people are social drinkers. I'm a lot of the times a social gamer. I'm just gonna play whatever everybody else is playing. Um, I know that's you're true. the same way. I know you're the same way. And so, um, I I think there are gonna be people out there that are that's just how they are. And if everybody's on that mobile market, they're just gonna jump on board, you know. And I do think. When you're thinking about it now, it's tough because you have to think about where the mobile market is going, right? So right now, as far as we have known, video games and and mobiles uh, in the mobile market are getting there. They're not there yet, but if you look at that Fortnite game, and I'm telling you, I keep going back to Fortnite because that game that's on the phone, and I don't know if you've touched it at all. Have, Have you tried the Fortnite on your phone? Oh, I've touched it, but I haven't played Fortnite on my phone. <laughs> hey! <laughs> so, if you've played Fortnite on your phone, you'll understand I'm saying that it is the same game. The game that you boot up when you boot up on your Switch or on your PlayStation or even on your PC is the same game, although it with lesser frames and less, you know, less it's less graphically intensive, it is the same game. And if games like are going to continue to go in that direction where the same experience is on your phone, I think eventually that market will start to outshine. I mean, and we're, we're talking worldwide here, right? We're not just talking the United States or even Japan. We're talking worldwide. People have more access to a cell phone than they do a console a lot of the times. Sure. And if anyone's out there thinking, yeah, but like touchscreen controls are really hard, like controller controls are really hard. You just spent time practicing using them. 
Correct. If you um, spent time practicing touchscreen controls, you'd probably be okay with them. Right. It's all about perspective, right? If I was somebody growing up now and I had never seen a controller and all I knew was touchscreen, I'd probably be great right. at it. Like when I was playing that Mario hack that I mentioned earlier in the episode, like if I would have seen into the future and saw myself completing those levels, I wouldn't have thought that I had the chops to do that. But playing through the game, I got better at it, obviously, and I was able to beat it. Like you can't, you're not just good at anything right away, you so, know, and that includes touchscreen. Absolutely. So let me ask you, Peaches, what is your favorite mobile game of all time? I don't have a good answer for this because I am the type of person that falls in and out of mobile games a lot. And here is why. <clears throat> I mentioned like guilds and clans and stuff earlier. When I was playing WoW, I wanted to be in a guild because I wanted to have, you know, a core group of people that all wanted to do roughly the same thing and blah, 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 blah. And I had commitment to WoW in such a way where when we raided three nights a week, I was there. Uh, if I had a job to do before the raids, like if I had to gather herbs or sell things or make potions or whatever my job in the guild was, like I would do it, right? So because of the way that mobile games are and because I'm not trying to like sit in a room all day and just play that mobile game, like a lot of the times when I get roped into a guild or a clan situation in a mobile game, I end up getting burnt out really, really fast because I don't want it to be a second job. You know what I mean? Like, I want to have fun playing it. Because of that, I have been in and out of so many mobile games. Um, and so the best thing that I can do, if you're going to ask me what my favorite one is, is probably just pick the one that I've played the most of over the course of time. And at the end of the day, that's Marvel Puzzle Quest. I was going to guess yeah. it. I was going to ask you to let me yeah. guess, and I was going to say Marvel Puzzle Quest. Well, and honestly, what it is, if you've never played Marvel Puzzle Quest, it's really simple. It's like um, it's like the match three style game, right? You, you've got your, your grid full of different colored gems, and you swap them, and then they match. And then the, the difference is it's an RPG at the same time. So you've got this roster of Marvel characters on your team, and say I've got Iron Man on my team, right? He does extra damage when you match red gems. So if I match red gems, there's going to be an enemy that I'm fighting against who has a health bar, and each of those gems is worth a certain amount of health in damage. So if I match three red gems and they all do 50 HP worth of damage, I've just done 150 damage to the enemy, blah, blah, blah. You're like fighting as if it's an RPG, but you're matching at the same time. And then if you get a certain number of those colors that you, you bank them up and you can spend those gems to activate abilities. It's a really cool concept, but the thing that drew me back away from the game was that you just had to put so much time into it to keep up with everybody else playing. The one drawback I'll say, the one big drawback I'll say about mobile games is most of them that are free are actually freemium, which means if you're not willing to, in most of them that I've encountered, if you're not willing to spend at least a couple bucks, it is very hard to keep up with the people at the very top of the server. You just can't do it because they're throwing all this money at this game, getting all these things. And no matter how much you play, you're not going to have as good of a roster in whatever game as they are. Ranting aside, I played Marvel Pet Puzzle Quest for a long time. I spent, I did spend some money on it occasionally. It got to a point where I knew that I needed to not do that anymore. So I had to give it up. Um, so probably that. I also really like that board games are being ported to the mobile market. 
Um, I'm a big board game nerd. So the fact that I can play like a mock version of a board game that I like with CPUs or some of them that I have, I can actually like go online and I can play a, a you know, basically the board game as if I'm sitting at my table, but with strangers, like, I think that's cool. Um, and I like puzzle horror, or puzzle, puzzle horror. I like puzzle, like room escape style games on the mobile market too. Um, the room is one of them. That's really good. A lot of people know about the room. Uh, I said horror accidentally, cause I was going to refer to a series called rusty lake, rusty lakes on the mobile market. It's really good. It's like the room escape, but it's freaky as hell. Um, yeah, those are some of my favorites. What do you play? So I want to talk about two games that I think of when I think of my favorite mobile games. And they're, I'm, I'm saying two because they're two different. They're in like two different categories, I feel like. So I'll talk about the one that I think was my first real like love for mobile games. It was a game called Cut the Rope. I don't know if you remember Cut <laughs> the Rope, but it was, it was a very simple game. There was like this little, this little green guy at the bottom. And you would literally have a, a candy on a piece of rope and you would cut the rope and the candy would fall. And that was like the first one. You, you cut the rope and the candy falls. And then all of a sudden the candy is, there's like a little like ledge the candy needs to fall on at the right moment. And it's swinging. And if you cut it at the right moment, it'll, it'll slide on the ledge. And then it gets harder and harder and there are more and more things. And I played through that entire game. And I don't think I've ever played through a mobile game like that from start to finish. <laughs> I paid 99 cents for it and it was the best 99 cents I ever got. And I was so enthralled by it. It's what really, I was like, wow, mobile games are like good now. Like it was at the point where like, so, you know, you know, uh, Angry Birds was out, but I wasn't a huge fan of that. Like, I played it because everybody else did, but I wasn't, like, a huge fan. And there was, you know, mobile games were still in that, like, kind of crappy stage, you know what I mean? And I think that was the first one that I was like, oh, man, like, mobile games are starting to look and play really well. The other one, I think, is a lot more... It's a lot more me, and it makes a lot more sense, but the other one to, has to be Hearthstone. Um, like you said about Marvel Puzzle Quest... I have spent, and I really <laughs> hope my wife doesn't listen to this podcast, but I've spent a decent amount of money on Hearthstone. I well, you didn't say how much you spent. So and I couldn't tell you a figure. <laughs> um, but <laughs> uh, take that for what you will. Um, I've spent a decent amount of money on Hearthstone. It is a game, it's the game that brought me back into the Blizzard sphere of games. Um, and it's a game that I just kind of picked. I was like, oh, well, this looks fun. And I just started playing it, and I was hooked. And I've been hooked, and I've haven't played intentionally because i get so hooked on that game that i'll try to spend all my money um and so i haven't been playing i, I keep up every expansion i always i always kind of pop my head in at the beginning of an expansion but man that game is just so much fun it's so well polished it has a stranglehold on that market and i think it's just such a bucket of fun that if you haven't tried it you should absolutely give it a go you know what i want to touch on really quickly as i know we're talking about mobile games and this only sort of fits in with that bill sure. um Facebook games, like social media games, same freemium concept, not necessarily as mobile. But if I had to pick a favorite freemium game, uh, it would actually be another Marvel game. It was called Marvel Avengers Alliance. That was on Facebook. It got shut down after like two and a half years, I think. Um, and I, like you just said, spent an ungodly amount of money on that game. I, well, I didn't say ungodly, but yeah, yeah it's, I probably would have. Oh, I, I heard you think it really loud. <laughs> oh, I know what you meant. And so, yeah, man, mobile games, I think they're just, they're just getting there. Um, and I think you, you can see that because uh, 
console games, video games are starting to take the models of mobile games. You gotta remember this whole freemium loot box thing started with mobile games and all of a sudden the biggest console games out there are now free to start and free to play with all these microtransactions and you know loot boxes everywhere. They're they're taking cues from the mobile market. So it works. You know, if it works, it works. All right. So Yeah, it's like it's like a cup of coffee, right? It's like in the morning, I'm tired. I want a jolt. A cup of coffee is like two fifty if I'm going to Starbucks, like, and I'm getting a large. Two fifty is nothing once, right? But every day compounded over time, two fifty is a lot of money I could have saved, and that's that's how they get you, man. Yep, that's exactly how they get you. Okay, so you've got we live in this world where Fortnite's on the mobile market, right? Fortnite is on there. You've got Fortnite on on your phone. It's basically the same game. So if you could do that. With any game, what game would you want to be on your phone? Oh, I don't have an answer to that. I tried to think of an answer to this, but the fact is for me is that because I don't necessarily want to get overly invested in a game on my phone as if it were one I would play at home, uh, I usually prefer to play the games that aren't available elsewhere. Like all, most of the ones I mentioned yeah, like the board game ports are available as a board game, but if I don't have people to play them with, then I can't play the board game version. Um, and even like the Rusty Lake series is available as like a flash game on the internet. But those aside, um, most of the mobile games that I've ended up liking over time are like standalone things that don't necessarily have to do with anything else. I did play one of the Final Fantasy games on my phone, but like I never went back to it because I'd much rather sit down and play a Final Fantasy game on my computer or on my PlayStation. So I don't know if there's anything that's a console or PC that I want per se to be on my phone. Uh, I think I prefer those like standalone, they're their own thing types of games, but I, I can't say that like I would never play a console game on my phone. I just don't know if I have any like desires to have a specific game there. Maybe I'm wrong and I just don't know it. I'm going to say an answer, but it's cheating. Um, because one, I've already had it on my phone, but I just can't get it anymore. And two, it was not necessarily a console game because it depends if you consider handhelds a console. But I would really like an offline emulation Pokemon game on my phone. If I could pick up my phone and I don't need to sign online, it was just like an emulated version. I could pick up like red Pokemon Red and just play it on my phone. I'd be I playing mean, that all the time. It, if you're talking illegally, you can do that. <laughs> not on the iPhone. Not with um. You'd have to jailbreak your phone, right? Um, and, I, and I don't want to do that. What I'm talking about is a Nintendo licensed Pokemon game that is a, a true to life Pokemon game, whether it's a copy or it's you know um, a a mobile only version of an actual, not just Pokemon Go. I want a Pokemon game on my phone that I can sit and I can play. Just like I would play my Pokemon Red or Pokemon Blue. You could even just give me Pokemon Red, Blue, or Yellow. Or specifically Gold and Silver, because I think the Gold and Silver games are the pinnacle of Pokemon games. Um, it would be a lot easier to do trading if you just had... I mean, if everybody was playing the original Red, Blue, or Yellow, if, what like, if I'm I could, playing Blue and you're playing Red, I could just come... Hey, dude, I've got a Squirtle on here. You want to trade me for your Charmander? Not even. Smack. You're like, I have my phone sitting on my desk and I look at it and it goes, Peaches wants to drop or airdrop you a Charmander. Oh, cool. Yeah. <laughs> that would be cool. You yeah. know? 
I would enjoy that. I'd so, pick that up. So I think I mean and that answer is kind of cheating because I didn't pick a you know I don't I obviously thinking about it now don't want to play like God of War or anything on my on right. my phone because I want to play that in all of its glory. At this point, I want to like buy an HDR TV and buy a PS4 Pro just a PS4 Pro just to play it in its like absolute glory, um, which just I'm not going to do. You're playing it. But it I would so love good. to. Right, I want to like lick the TV <laughs> screen. Uh, uh, <laughs> And so it's one of those one of those expensive flavored TVs. Oh, I love those TVs. You can you can smell the musk coming off Kratos. Um, <laughs> you want to so, lick Kratos's musk? Yeah, who doesn't? Well, I'm out. See you guys. <laughs> and so yeah, I, you know I, I'd like to see Pokemon. I don't. I, I can't think of any other console games. I think Fortnite was really surprising with how well they did it. And I think you know. Mobile games are they're, they're getting there, and I think they're they're huge. And for you to for not you, but for anyone out there to say that they're not a, you know a genuine form of gaming, I think is wrong. I think it's it's not fair to not classify them as games because it's gaming. Insects are animals, and water is not wet. Insects are animals. The title for the show. <laughs> and I'm water actually, is not wet. I'm actually writing that right down right now, so don't forget. <laughs> I mean, you're going to remember, because I went on a rant about it. <laughs> I think that's going to do it for this episode. Um, we will not be taking another break like that, like we did last week, anytime soon. So do not fret. We'll be back next week with a brand new episode, Peaches's Butthole. Um, <laughs> I was going to say uh, willing, Peaches's Butthole willing. Uh, we will be back for another episode. My butthole is not named willing. <laughs> Willing, come here, Willing. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll be back next week with a brand new episode. We're going to be going live every single week. So catch us over here live. You can uh, look for updates either on Facebook or Twitter. Follow either of us on Twitter or at Facebook, and you will be finding um, out when the show is going to be going live. We're going to be talking um, here. Hopefully within the next few weeks, we'll have a steady schedule so we can tell you you'll be seeing us at this time every single week. Um, now that I have a little bit more of a consistent schedule to match along with Peaches. Um, and so, yeah, Peaches, where can the folks find you on the interwebs? I do have a slight addendum to that because I will be going on vacation next week uh, for like a week and a half. So you will probably not hear my voice in an episode in the two weeks from now-ish future. Uh, but I'm sure Eduardo will find somebody else to talk smack to him for an hour correct and to find out who that's going to be you're just going to have to either come in live or listen to the next episode anyway follow me on twitter at uh on on twitter and instagram at d underscore peaches definitely please for the love of god follow me on twitch at twitch.tv slash peaches uh i don't want to sound desperate but i really would like you to follow me because I probably like you. Like, not like that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, we're like this, you know? Like what? But anyway, follow me because I've been, I've been playing more difficult games and I want to talk to people while I do it. So hit me up. Yeah, I've been, uh, I've been popping into your stream like I always do. And man, those Mario hacks make my heart, like... Uh, beat at 100 beats per minute just watching you play uh, and so I, I can't imagine what it's like playing that you know with your palm sweaty and your mom's spaghetti dude um, mom's spaghetti everywhere everywhere, everywhere. mom's spaghetti <laughs> is literally everywhere you can find me 
at twitch.tv slash abcdeduardo. You can find the show at Squad Up Podcast. You can find it on Twitter at Squad Up Podcast. You can get on Facebook at facebook.com slash Squad Up Podcast. Email the show, gmail.com slash, or Squad Up Podcast at gmail.com. I don't know why I was going to give you a website for gmail.com. Squad Up Podcast at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us this week, folks. Thank you for joining us. Good luck. Have fun. And insects are animals. What is wrong with you? Insects are animals. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.